You ever heard of the uh, Galaxy ecosystem? Yeah, you didn't know. You didn't know that was such a thing. But everybody wants an ecosystem. Apple's got an ecosystem. You know what? I'll take an ecosystem. Mm. Makes it sound big. Makes it sound grand. And it also makes it sound like you should spend a few dollars so you can take part. Okay. Because once it's an ecosystem, you see, you need all the pieces. You got to catch them all. You see how that goes? Yeah. And so Samsung, in their press release, they're talking about all their new devices. They want to make sure you don't miss, you didn't miss, any of the stuff that was mentioned. Because, of course, you got this Note 20 Ultra taking, taking the attention. Well, you've got the Z Flip 2. Mm -hmm. Not flip. Fold. The Fold 2. And see, i got to keep my Zs together now. Yeah. Z Fold 2. <clears throat> but that's not it. I want you to scroll down a little bit here. And you're going to see this wonderful picture. A little bit more. There it is. You see, that's now you're living the galaxy life. You have to have all those things, Will. Uh -huh. That's an expensive ecosystem to take part in. Now, when you talk about the Apple ecosystem, you're not just talking about hardware. It's not about just having matchy, matchy hardware. You're talking about a really tight hardware-software integration. Mm-hmm. And if we're being honest, that doesn't really exist in the same way on Samsung. It's more of a hardware ecosystem, mostly, because, well, we've seen what happened with some of Samsung's software ideas. They're usually not the most popular things. Hey, I'm a guy. I appreciate what they've done with One UI, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be using Bixby. You know, I'm not going to be using the Samsung Gallery App Store. Yeah. You see? They're getting somewhere. They're getting somewhere. Yeah. How about that for a vote of confidence? Samsung, we're getting somewhere. That's we don't know where yet. That's, that's the new tagline. <laughs> anyway, they have everything in that new color. I can't even remember the name of this color already. Mystic bronze. Mystic bronze. And uh, this particular image showcases the Note 20 Ultra, the Z Fold 2, the Galaxy Watch 3, the new Galaxy Buds Live, and the new Galaxy Tab S7, S7 Plus. This would be your Apple equivalent if you wanted to be inside of Samsung's ecosystem. And what stood out to me about this uh, whole ecosystem description here is what they expect you to do on the computer. See, you, the one piece that's missing here is a laptop. Now... They don't call their laptop products Galaxy products. These are all Galaxy products. So I'm just trying to figure out how they have determined the marketing here. Galaxy is mobile exclusive, looks like. But if you scroll down a little bit, you can see that they've created a partnership. Well, a couple of different partnerships with Microsoft. The one that we talked about yesterday around gaming, the cloud-based gaming. In fact, they're going to have a, an agreement that allows you to save some money, get a few free months on Microsoft's cloud gaming service, which I'm forgetting the name now already. What's it? Xbox. Play? No, 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 no. Xbox. X-Play was a show on... jeez. Oh, <laughs> it was a show on the G4 network X -Cloud. back in the day. X-Cloud, but has a different name. Uh... It's not xCloud? Well, it is, but the subscription service, like, it's that's the project name. Is it Game actually Pass? Game Pass? Xbox Game Pass? Yeah, maybe that's it. 
Yeah, that's what's competing with Stadia. GeForce Now is another competitor. Anyways, Samsung partnered with uh, Microsoft to have a free trial of the gaming service and bundle together a controller and a clip so that the Note series could be the ultimate gaming device, mobile gaming device. But their integration with Microsoft goes a step further into something that's actually quite interesting to me, which is the Android integration on Windows. And you, you've already found it here. It's a seamless integration that allows you to take your Android applications and have them pop up right within Windows. Your native window, you click on link to Windows and look at this. No connection, no decks, no dock. This is incredible. This is cool. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of applications that suck in the web alone. Like, the, of course, they use the example of Instagram here, which is really a mobile experience. But how about all the messaging apps that you use? How about the WhatsApp and all the rest of it? Those integrations are, are trash for the most part on Windows. So you can bring up your mobile version of the app, but also your, your, your regular messaging, mm -hmm. your text messages, things like this, to have control of your device, your mobile device, while you're on Windows is, is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't require you to purchase any kind of external connection point. Although what's interesting is they're still selling the deck stuff. You can still use that as well, but this is uh, another, another way of doing it. And it requires a handshake between Microsoft and, and increasingly Microsoft becoming more friendly mm -hmm. with Google and Android because we have these new products coming out. Remember those, Neo? And Duo. And Duo, Neo and Duo. Yes. Which they're going to have, I mean, those are going to be Microsoft branded mobile devices running Android. Mm. So this is, there's an interesting, speaking of ecosystems, this is an ecosystem emerging of two ecosystems. Yeah. An ecosystem within an ecosystem buried beneath another ecosystem. Wow. <laughs> so uh, anyways, yes, they, they really want you to, to know that you can use the Note series as your main computing device. They really want you to know that. And whether you use a Windows-based desktop or any laptop, not a Samsung laptop, if you're running Windows, you can have this particular experience across your devices, and that's uh, that's pretty exciting. I should a uh, quick shout out here for the the tablet, the S7 and S7 Plus. Which one do we have here? We have one of those. I think it might be the Plus. Okay, so we're gonna do an unboxing video of the S7 Plus. So uh, stay tuned on Unbox Therapy for that. Quick little shout out. Otherwise, I'm probably most excited out of the entire bunch for that new Z Fold mm. 2. And and what do you think? Is Samsung going to be able to get it to us? Willie Do is working on it. Yeah, I'll try to make it happen. Willie Do is working on it. Does it. That doesn't tell us much. No, not at all. Well, he's going to give it his best shot. So speaking of this uh, Android integration with Windows 10, it's a little bit more detail, a little bit more background here. It's called Your Phone. And it's a tighter integration than we've seen in the past with Windows 10 specifically. This uh, feature for the moment, it's not fully rolled out or anything like that, Will. You're going to have to wait a little bit. It's a new feature in your phone available in Windows 10 for testers, Windows 10 testers today. But one day, I mean, very soon, Will, you're going to get to take a crack at this if you choose to. 
It builds upon the mirroring that Microsoft's Your Phone app already provides. You can now access a full list of Android apps in the Your Phone app and launch those mobile apps accordingly. These will run in a separate window outside of the Your Phone app mirrored from your phone. So this actually, if you scroll down a little bit here, yes, this is the, the best little graphic. You, you click this button and it's going to pop up all the different apps that are on your device and a little bit of information about your device notifications. The WhatsApp application probably very likely to be used in this way. Mm-hmm. So now you're just you're just hacking out the, the WhatsApp real quick because you got the keyboard. Mm-hmm. And you still got all your other Windows stuff going on and you can kind of just tuck your phone to the side, plug it in to charge it, do whatever you want with it. Keep it in your pocket even. Can you keep it in your pocket? I'm not certain about that. How how close? Well, you don't have to plug in anything, right? So so it's going to be, it's some sort of direct connection, a direct wireless connection happening between yeah. the two devices. It's going to be able to run multiple Android apps side by side. And this all, by the way, this was all announced during the Samsung Galaxy Note 20 launch. Windows 10 users won't be able to access this particular feature until later this year on the Galaxy Note 20. And Microsoft says it's also working with Samsung to bring this to other devices. So it, it does require a relationship. It does require a greater integration for the time being. And this comes back to a conversation we have frequently about the variety of Android that's out there and the weird crossovers that take place like this one. Uh, why would it be a Samsung-only focus right now well, you, you you have to, you know, they probably made it probably a handshake on the marketing side, mm-hmm. right? We're sitting there, we watched the presentation, we're, we're pumped about some new Samsung devices, and now we're talking about Windows. So Microsoft's like, you know what? We'll do a little bit of building over here. You give us a little shout out over there. People stay excited about Windows. We create a better ecosystem together, keep those people away from those Apple computing devices. We sell a couple Surface devices. What's that? My enemy of my enemy is my friend. Willie do. Something like that. Willie do. Anyway, Microsoft has a list of the supported Android devices, but it is currently only Samsung handsets. So that could expand if other manufacturers care enough and are willing to give Microsoft that shout out at their presentations. The curious one is Google. Mm -hmm. Because now, you know, you have Google providing Android to those surface products in the form of the neo duo can it go all spin all the way around and you could have a pixel with your phone on windows 10 mm. you see mm-hmm. you scratch my back i scratch yours yes but then again google's the same company making a chromebook which is anti windows they say you don't even need windows yeah you see how complicated it is in the in the tech world but for the time mm-hmm. being this is probably one of the easiest ways if you were going to buy a Note anyways, you should definitely know about this because it's going to be the easiest way to manage your phone mm-hmm. on Windows that I've seen. The Note 20 Ultra, I mentioned this, but I feel I feel that it actually requires a little bit more attention because it is a significant thing. The Note 20 Ultra is the first smartphone in the world that's going to be using this Gorilla Glass Victus. Now, I loved the promo video for the Gorilla Glass Victus, and... You know, for, for me, the last time I talked about this, I kind of glossed it over. Y- yeah, great. It's got the new Gorilla Glass on it. But this is really cool because now we have this glass in the real world. 
and people can begin to do what they would do and test out the durability and see if it's actually that much better. Now, we know, obviously, this is going to be targeted at and reserved for uh, expensive devices, but what's special about it is we're looking at better drop protection, better scratch protection. I want to give you a quick recap. If you're in the market potentially for the Note 20, and, and, and the purpose of the recap is also to potentially push you up to the ultra, ultra model because you're only going to get this on the ultra model. Hmm. And you're going to get it on the front and back on the ultra model, to be clear. The regular Note 20 does not see the Gorilla Glass Victus. So it has the previous version. It has the previous version hmm. of Gorilla Glass. And who cares about that? That's not noteworthy. No. See, I did the noteworthy. Hmm. Uh, Gorilla Glass Victus can survive drops of up to two meters. That's coming from Corning, the company that makes it. That's 6.5 feet. Wow, the timing of this is... Uh, if you're, I didn't look at the screen. <laughs> if you're in the Imperial system, 6.5 feet on rough, hard surfaces, and it's two times more scratch resistance. Imagine you work for Corning. You're like, well, how much better is it? You're this new version. You guys only have been working on it for a little while. You're like, it's twice as good. Hmm. The boss is sitting there. He's twice as good. You guys knocked it out of the park. Twice as good. Drop resistance has improved substantially. Previously reported information stated that Gorilla Glass Victus can survive 21 meter drops. And Gorilla Glass 6, on the other hand, the, the average survival rate was 15 drops. That's a lot of drops. Hmm. 21 meter drops? Hmm. I don't know. Who, who are these people dropping their things that often? Have you dropped your current smartphone 20 times? No, I can't say I have. No, you're a bit slow on that on that answer. So I'm starting to think you're one of these droppers. Maybe once or twice. I'm starting to think you're one of these droppers. Uh, anyways, yes, you can only get it right now in the Note 20 Ultra. So it'll cost you if you want to be on the on the forefront of uh, glass technology. Yeah. Which, as we know, if you look into this, it's not just glass anymore. That's a key factor. But I will say, insider information here. I'm the insider. Yesterday, last night, I'm looking at the Note 20, Note 20 Ultra, and I can't figure out why the Note 20 display looks better to me. Hmm. It's lower resolution. It's uh, the cheaper of the two models, and it's a smaller display. And I went in there, Will. Is it like a color thing? I went in there. Oh, okay. I turned off the adaptive brightness. I matched their color balance, and I turned on vivid mode. And of course, the nicer display has a 120 is 120 hertz, so I, I, that's the one I want. But I'm I'm blown away at the Note 20's contrast and the Note 20's color saturation comparative to the other one. Hmm. But it's only a 60 hertz display, a 60 hertz panel. And then I'm I'm looking at them further, and I'm saying, hmm. What else is different? Well, one of them is flat. The other has the curves to it. Mm -hmm. Maybe the glass is able to get closer. And then the last piece to consider, and the reason I brought up this story today, is does this Gorilla Glass Victus potentially have some sort of an impact on the way that a display looks? Right. Ever so slightly. Like, And to be fair, I was nitpicking. I was fully in the nits at the moment mm. that I was doing the evaluation. So... If you only had one of these two devices, you're never going to look at the display and say, oh, yeah. 
I don't like it. They, they look amazing. But side by side, I was just surprised that the cheaper model, to my eyeballs, looked better. Maybe the new Gorilla Glass has something to do with it. It could be something else entirely. It could be a software difference. It could be the fact that I didn't have the retail units. Hmm. We have to wait and see, but it's just it's worth noting. It's a lot of money for a smartphone. I feel people will want to know that. Yes. Uh, Microsoft. Back to Microsoft for a moment. The we have some figures. I know you're big business, big money guy. We when we start talking about the TikTok stuff, your first question was how much. Yeah. What are we talking about here? Are you trying to buy TikTok? How much are we talking? Because yeah, because you're talking about billions of people using it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had gone on TikTok recently, so you were afraid of losing it. Well. <laughs> All I can say is using the app without uh, an account, it's good vibes. It's a good time waster. You learn a little bit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, conspiracy theory. Willie Willie Do's uh, Willie Do works for ByteDance. Conspiracy <laughs> theory. Yeah. He's like all all I can say about TikTok is good vibes. Yeah. Just good vibes. I think Donald Trump would disagree with you. I'm just uh. <laughs> Going home with the briefcase full of cash. Yeah, exactly. No wonder it's good vibes. The cash in the briefcase, it's, it's got all the vibes in the world. Uh, we're joking, of course. Anyways, we have some numbers. Apparently, buying TikTok's U.S. operations could reportedly cost Microsoft anywhere from $10 billion to $30 billion. So it's a huge range. And I'm sure it's contingent on all kinds of variables. that, Like... like uh, uh, how, uh, for, uh, for example, do we get, do we move, are we able to move all the data? What are the costs incurred in doing so? And mm-hmm. how big of a headache is that? And, and what kind of hoops do we have to jump through for the government? And, and all these things that could potentially impact that eventual cost. Yeah, not to mention the U.S. Uh, Treasury is going to get a cut, apparently. That's right. You know? you're, referencing, uh, you're referencing the clip that went out recently, we put out recently. Mm-hmm. Trump wants a piece of the deal yep. as well. I don't know if that's included in this 10 to 30. Now, the reason this number might be surprising is because originally when there was talk of U.S.-based investors that, that are already invested in ByteDance, just taking ownership of the U.S. operations, mm-hmm. there was a valuation floating around of about $50 billion, five zero. Mm-hmm. So this is knocked down quite a bit. And it was something that I speculated early on that if you make the threat to ban the app if they don't get a sale the closer that you get to the ban date that sounded like i said band-aid yeah ban date the lower the value yeah yeah this is weird isn't it it's they don't have this is where this thing gets into godfather territory the offer making an offer they that you can't refuse mm-hmm. i'll make him an offer he can't refuse you get you get you get what you get or you get nothing what hmm. you have you can't it's i don't know man it's a it's a tough one for me to figure out because what if you're microsoft why don't you just wait too if are you really that worried that right. facebook or google why don't you just chill wait till day 44 and say all right last chance yeah 10 uh, 10 billion uh, not 30 yeah or five billion or whatever, and don't and and you know what? Be quiet about it because you're about to get nothing. So you should be happy. Yeah, and look at Instagram Reels; it's doing really well. So negotiation—it's about leverage. Yeah, and having Trump in there saying what he's saying—that is banned no matter what—it gives 
all the leverage exists on the U.S. side. Mm -hmm. And so you're at Microsoft, you're Balmer, whoever you are, and you go, you have a phone call with Trump. You say, let's wait it out. You say, keep making the threats, make the threats even harder. Let's, you know, I want to catch a deal here. I mean, I'm not saying that's what's going on, but like you just look at the specifics and realize, man, if it's going out, if it goes to zero eventually, then this clock leading up to the ban is essentially the the clock ticking on the valuation as well. Bizarre. But anyways, so this deal, by the way, would only be for the operations in US, Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. So English speaking countries with ad markets and, and all the rest of it. It's um it's not all of TikTok, to be fair. And in fact, TikTok comes out and says, Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's uh, it makes up ten point three percent of TikTok downloads in the last thirty days, the US. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I think to myself, really? 10%? Well, where are all these downloads coming from? And sure, the world is a very big place. But I'll tell you from my experience, Will, now I can only speak for English-speaking content because that's what we produce. When you look at the CPM figures, the advertising figures across different countries, they vary widely. The potential money you can make from advertising depends on the purchasing power of the person you're advertising to. Yes. Which then ends up in the CPM figure that we end up getting paid for advertising. And so we get this glimpse into the global landscape for where you can make money. And CPMs in places like the US can be astronomically higher mm-hmm. than other markets halfway across the world. Mm-hmm. So even though, and we don't, we we don't have these figures, and presumably at some point TikTok wanted to make some money. Mm-hmm. So if we see a ten percent download rate, and you say, oh well, TikTok can go on in the other places, they got ninety percent of their business. No, not ninety percent of their business. They may have ninety percent of their downloads. Yes, but if they were able to get to a point where they could sell ads in the U.S., Canada, New Zealand, Australia at the type of CPMs that are available there, based on my experience here on YouTube, that's an order of magnitude. It could be 10x higher than, than, a, than a different country. Yes. It could be more than 10x at some uh, different country, depending where that country happens to be. Hmm. And so it's not a one-to-one ratio for potential revenue. Right. I think that's important to put out there. So I don't know what happens to TikTok post-sale. Does it continue on in some regions, or is it just not worth it at that point, even if you have big download numbers, because you can't get the uh, the right type of advertising revenue. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it all maps out. But anyways, we have we have at least something to go on right now if the Microsoft deal gets done. Apparently, TikTok is still talking to other tech companies and to seeing if they can get something done. So that is one area where TikTok has a tiny bit of leverage that they could sell to somebody else. Right. But then Trump has to say yes. Mm-hmm. You see how you see where you see where this goes. Mm-hmm. It's Godfather stuff. Uh, further, further in that direction, the White House is looking to clean up Chinese apps from the App Store and and run a full clean sweep in general. Now, this is not all that different from what what we saw happen in India. You 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 get going on one app, and the ball, the snowball right. effect starts taking off, and you start to evaluate all the rest of it. Uh, we were just talking about. The, those Xiaomi apps that are vanishing from the app stores in India. The White House 
the U.S. They want to go after apps like WeChat. You can still be, you can use WeChat in the U.S. right now. You can't use TikTok. Well, you can use TikTok, but they're talking about banning TikTok. Well, what about WeChat? Mm -hmm. I mean, you would expect that to be on the chopping block as well. The Trump administration wants to remove untrusted Chinese tech apps like TikTok and WeChat from U.S. app stores. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said, announced on Wednesday he's got a five-pronged clean network effort aimed at curbing potential national security risks. So let me go into a tiny bit more detail on that. Here are the five sections. Clean store, which requires removing Chinese app from Chinese apps from U.S. mobile app stores because they threaten privacy, proliferate viruses, and spread pop propaganda and disinformation. That's the first of five sections for the clean network program. Number two, clean apps. Preventing Chinese phone makers from pre-installing or making available on their U.S. app stores any Chinese apps. Whoa, this is, this is some sweeping stuff right here. Mm -hmm. These are big, these are huge statements. Number three, clean cloud. Preventing American data, including COVID-19 vaccine research, from being stored on cloud systems owned by Chinese companies, including Alibaba, Baidu, and Tencent. The fourth, clean carrier. Make sure Chinese carriers aren't connected to U.S. networks due to national security concerns. This includes roaming. This includes bringing your Chinese phone and SIM card to the mm. United States and roaming on another network while you're there. Mm. That's big time stuff. And then the last one, clean cable. Ensuring subsea internet cables aren't being subverted for intelligence gathering by the PRC at hyperscale. This is some heavy stuff, man. Mm -hmm. This is uh, we're not we're not jo we're not mincing words. They have an actual plan to go after this thing. A lot of clean. A lot of clean. Sounds very clean, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, man, you know when they pick these words, it's all about the impact, the effect of it, right? If you tell the people clean, then then they have to imagine the contrast and say, are we dirty right now? Oh yeah. See, yeah. you see the word clean and it's part of a new plan and you say to yourself, well, I want to be clean. Clean sounds great. Yeah. I want to drink clean water. Mm -hmm. I want to use clean smartphones. Mm -hmm. It does all the work without you having to say it. So I don't think that's an accidental, uh, some accidental terminology right there. It is a slippery slope. I got to uh, paint both sides. Obviously, there's reason for concern. There appears to be reason for concern in the first place. TikTok was doing some funky stuff in the back on the back end, which many have documented. But then again, a lot of apps do. The part that's the slippery slope for me is from a competition perspective. You know, I like competition. Well, it, 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 you know, it yields the best results most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so if you got Trump sort of strong arming companies in this fashion, and uh, picking teams, if he picks, let's say, Microsoft, he agrees Microsoft has to get this thing, or whichever company, you name it, then all the other potentially innovative companies that are, uh, yeah, companies from other countries that could potentially do business, if you can use the national security hammer on anything, you might be missing out or not pushing competition strongly enough in the domestic market. An example of this would be, and this is a different example because there's no the data flow and this national security. I got to cover all the bases here, Will. But the the automotive sector, pre Honda, pre Toyota, 
right? It, the American automakers could afford to become relatively complacent and and compete amongst each other and sort of agree what the rules of that competition were. You started to bring in Japanese automobiles and they were consistently at the top of the JD power rankings for reliability mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so what does it do? It puts more pressure for better products to emerge. The technology industry hasn't been all that different. If we're talking about uh, Japanese goods once upon a time or whatever, goods from anywhere once upon to Korean goods, Samsung goods, whatever, you name it. Mm-hmm. By allowing those into your marketplace, you push your own domestic marketplace to do better as, as well. It yields a better product overall. You would think the you, customer. you would think Hopefully. you have more participating in the execution and, and ideas around this thing. Mm-hmm. Now it gets flipped around when you start talking about intellectual property and you start looking at you start talking about how companies may be stealing trade secrets or right. or uh, poaching uh, uh, employees and who are bringing intelligence with them and then just taking the things things that other firms worked on under the protection of some other some other nation where you can then turn that into re- domestic revenue for that area. Yes. So you see, Will, it's not simple. No, not at all. There's two sides to the coin. You flip it and you see where it lands. Yeah. Why wireless charging is a terrible idea. Is it? Oh, you, you know something that's really uh, upset me. I read this and I shed a couple of tears. Mm. I've been the wireless charging guy. Yeah, I've, I've noticed. I've been the wireless charging guy, and now I'm, apparently I'm evil. And do you know why I'm evil? Because wireless charging is less efficient than wired charging. I can't say I'm surprised, but to have to have my face rubbed in it here and be told that I'm an evil person. So it's sucking more energy. Really ma- makes me question up. my life. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you have more energy loss. So to charge a phone over wireless versus wired... Right. To get the same effect, to have the same recharged phone, you're using, I guess, uh, up to 50% more power, maybe even 100% more power. Charging the phone from completely dead to 100% using a cable took an average of 14.26 watt hours. Using a wireless charger took, on average, 21.01 watt hours. So, uh, not a huge difference there, but uh, apparently, through testing, some charge phone charger phone alignments can push inefficiencies to over 100%. Now, what's really strange, if you scroll down here, Will, a lot of this testing took place on a BlackBerry device. Oh. So all of a sudden, I'm skeptical. Hmm. What's this guy? He's got this really high-tech meter measuring power flow, and then it's a BlackBerry. Yeah, um, so I'm curious. Why didn't they go for like a, the latest device? Hey, man. Maybe that's what they what? had access to. They, I assume they probably did a number of different devices. It's just, I looked at that BlackBerry and it just made me really curious. I haven't seen it in so long. I have fond memories. I had mixed emotions. Hmm. I questioned why they were using it, but I also felt warm and fuzzy for a moment. Okay, so now here's the important piece. For you, Will, using a wireless charger versus a wired charger over the course of a year, it's only going to be a couple of bucks. It's not a big deal. Hmm. I believe you can handle it. Yeah, I could. I don't mind. However, Uh if you care about the environment, which you don't. That's not true. (laughs) I do. Then you'd realize that at scale, if everybody used a wireless charger, then it adds up and we need a lot of power and everybody's a jerk and we're all killing everything. I'm hoping that 
uh, wireless charging technology will be better. You know, that's be the idea. Efficient. That's the idea. You would hope that it could find they could find efficiency, find a different combination. We were talking about how Apple was working on some sort of magnetic wireless charger. Maybe you get the perfect alignment. You can find a better efficiency. It would be hard to imagine it ever being as efficient mm. as a as plugging it in. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Things can hopefully get better. This is how things get better. You have to identify stuff like this. I fix it. Technical writer Arthur Shy or she did some calculations and worked out that it takes roughly 73 coal power plants churning out smoke for a day to charge 3.5 billion smartphone batteries from zero to 100%. If wireless charging slashes the efficiencies to 50%, that number double. Just picture in your mind, Will, 73 coal power plants churning out smoke for a day. Mm. And you have that image in your mind now, and now you realize how evil and terrible you actually are. Yeah, so Terrible. it's time for you to come to grips with that. Okay. <laughs> OnePlus phones are gonna are shipping with Facebook services that can't be removed. Actually, I got a couple of emails about this from people that are like, you should be talking about this. It's a, some type of controversy going on. Does anybody like pre-installed apps? Can't we just install our own apps? From scratch, you mean? Like if you could get like vanilla Android, like a Pixel phone. No, obviously you need the utilities and things like this and you can remove what you don't like. But I'm talking about a social media app or an entertainment app or a right. more frivolous app. Like do you take your phone out of the box and, oh, great, Facebook's already there. Ugh, that's the worst. Do you see what I'm saying? So, or, or from the carrier is even worse. Mm -hmm. You see all the carrier apps that are in there, although they stop, they don't do that nearly as much. This is one of the areas where Apple has put their foot down and yes. they control the experience because they have put their foot down. Uh, so we have some information here. You can delete the Facebook app. And, and to be clear, this is impacting the OnePlus 8, 8 Pro and Nord. And OnePlus has confirmed it struck a deal to include the Facebook app installer, Facebook services, and Facebook app manager as system apps on its latest smartphones. Struck a deal. Struck a deal. Facebook paid them. Yeah. Facebook paid them. It's the data. It's always the data, isn't it, Will? Mm. No matter what we do, it's the data. Mm. And for those that dispute it, or they, they, you, just, you just got to pay attention. Because you're buying this hardware. Facebook doesn't make a phone. They don't care what hardware you're using. They're willing to pay OnePlus to get this, this pre-installation. Because they see the user base, they see the installed base, and they say, we see a bunch of data that we're going to turn into money. And the interesting part that you're going to discover in this particular article, this is 9to5Google, by the way, is that you can remove the app, but you actually can't remove the backbone. So you can remove mm -hmm. the Facebook app and Facebook app messenger, but you can't remove the underlying services the app installer, the app manager app, those remained installed as system apps and cannot be removed. Now, these apps, I mean, we look at them, we're like, oh, they're friendly. It's just a manager. It's an app manager. It's just an app manager. But what was discovered in this particular article is it's still, it's it's still transacting data here and there. A little bit. Small little couple of packets, well cash no big deal just a couple Storage little packets you won't even notice go about your day go buy your coffee go buy your bagel 
Don't you worry, Willie Do. We just need a little bit of data. But what's this uh, 134 no, kilobytes? No, 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 no. Don't look at that. It's nothing. No? Are you sure? I guarantee it. Okay. Don't worry about it, this app. And so people are a little upset. They're saying, look, I'm on, uh, maybe, I don't know who the person is, but some people might be on some sort of Facebook boycott or some people are really concerned about their privacy. And so they don't like this move. I can see it from the other side too, where I want to see a cheaper price on a OnePlus device. I want to see a cheaper price on any smartphone. Mm -hmm. And if their cost could be subsidized by striking a deal with Facebook, you may be benefiting on the bottom line when you go to buy the thing. It may have been $50 more. Mm -hmm. or whatever this integration is worth on a per-device basis. So you do benefit a little bit. The question is, I mean, it's going to come to a point, where, Will, where we really have to decide what our data is worth mm -hmm. to us. And when we submit it to these various enormous companies, we're going to have to do the math on whether or not the service is worthwhile in exchange for that data once we start to treat it more like a currency. Right. Or, or whether or not we want a cheaper price. We've seen versions of this, like when Amazon put out certain hardware, mm -hmm. they would do the, the data collector at a different price. And then the more vanilla version, you would pay more. Imagine a future in which those that choose to protect their data pay tremendous premiums on their goods. And those that don't elect to protect their data get the best deals around. Right. Could create a really interesting environment. Yep. Not an impossible future. Although it seems hard to imagine that we can truly protect our data. Mm -hmm. Major PS5 exclusive game reportedly leaked ahead of reveal. I believe you wanted to talk about this. We are, of course, very interested in the next generation consoles. And there's probably no more important uh, aspect when it comes to selecting your next generation console, then what are the exclusive titles? Mm -hmm. Because from a hardware perspective, you know they always line up pretty closely. And then you got to pick your favorite titles, like your big uh, Last of Us guy, as an yep. example. And we've, of course, on the Xbox side, covered Halo extensively. And PlayStation also has un the Uncharted stuff, which was a big favorite of mine once mm -hmm. upon a time in a previous life mm. that I led, in which I was... Uh, Nathan Drake. Oh, you're Nathan. That's right. Cosplay and everything? A major PS5 exclusive game is possibly leaked ahead of its reveal. Sony Interactive Entertainment has already revealed quite a few first-party PS5 exclusives, including Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Demon's Souls Remake. Meanwhile, a handful of third-party exclusives and timed exclusives have also been revealed, like Deathloop, and Ghostwire Tokyo, which you like that one. We already knew there was going to be more of the former, likely involving franchises such as God of War, Uncharted, Days Gone, etc. But today, our leak is pointing somewhere else. Hmm. It's pointing towards Final Fantasy XVI. Because I don't want to take a chance on the Roman numeral, but I believe that is six. Yes. Teen. With the X yeah. in front, XVI. Is there have there been sixteen Final Fantasies? Get out of here. Well, yeah, there has. No, come on. Is yeah, XVI sixteen? That's what we need to know. Is it? Oh. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is Final right? Fantasy is right there. There's the leak yeah. from a separate yeah. video. So, 
Anyway, 16 Final Fantasies? What's going on out there? I mean... There ain't nothing uh, final about that fantasy no, right now. No, not at all. It's the least Final Fantasy. It's one of the long-running titles. 16, dude. Yeah. Uh, I never played any of these games. And sometimes they would remake some of them. So there's like even the, more than 16. I think Final Fantasy 3 was remade. The, the most recent Final Fantasy Seven. So before this topic went into the list for today, yeah, I asked you if you played Final Fantasy because I didn't. Yeah. And you said yes. You're a big Final Fantasy guy. So I have to ask you, are you excited for this? Would this sway you towards a PlayStation 5 as an exclusive title compared to uh, the Xbox, the new Xbox Series X? Uh, to be honest, no. I haven't been following Final Fantasy for a while. It's very sad. Believe it or not. But you did play a bunch of them. But I'm a fan, yeah. You played a bunch of them? Yeah. And what happened? Uh, Nothing, really. I just uh, stopped playing the role-playing genre, (laughs) as they say. (laughs) (laughs) What are you trying to say about people who play the role-playing genre? No, no, not, you know, I just kind of grew out of it, me personally. (laughs) (laughs) You just told people to grow up, Will. That's rude. No, me personally. Okay, all right. Will grew out of it. You don't have to. That's the wonder and beauty of video games. You get to choose whichever world you want to uh, be in and escape to. That's the cool part. Anyway, so they could have a Final Fantasy exclusive. I think that will matter to some people. The exclusive that matters more to Willie Do is The Last of Us, as I mentioned. And the crazy thing here is that we actually have a leak showcasing Last of Us 2 multiplayer gameplay footage, mm. which when 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 I heard about this, I was like, how do you turn that game into multiplayer? It doesn't seem like the right fit. But then, of course, you got the Naughty Dog thing, and, and I'm watching this clip, and it, it essentially it looks like a darker version of uh, Uncharted. Uncharted, which I just mentioned yeah. earlier. The stuff you come around back, the stealth moves, and uh, uh, the weapons, the gun, the gun fight with the third person... It seems very Uncharted-ish. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I kind of get that they're doing it. Plus, everything is multiplayer. Did they take the video down in the time oh. since? Wow, uh, we can't show you the video. I'm sure someone else uploaded it, no? Let me try to find it. In the time, I watched the clip just before we start mm-hmm. filming, and then it evaporates. How rude is that? Last of Us 2 multiplayer. Somebody must have re-uploaded it. We can't. But then, wait a second. Our video will get taken down. Okay, Will, we can't show it anyway. No, so no. It doesn't even it. matter. Where We can't like show it anyways, gifts. but you should, go, you, you should go look for it to get a taste for it. Obviously, Last of Us 2, uh, a big title. They sold a bunch of copies. Willie Do played it and liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some pretty nice graphics in there, and it gets the multiplayer twist to it. Originally, it was supposed to launch at the same time as the game, but they decided to break off those that were working on the multiplayer component because it became vast and huge. And they uh, agreed to put it out at a later date Mm -hmm. and do a better job of it. This part of the market has grown enormously. This is the cash cow. Mm -hmm. And who doesn't, who's not interested in the cash cow? Mm. So they do the multiplayer piece. It could be very exciting. You will give this a shot. Oh, yeah. Easy. Definitely. Willie Doo's going to play it. You're going to find him 100%. on there. Which of the in-game characters will be your favorite character for the multiplayer? What? 
what are the characters? I don't know. Whoever you could be in Last of Us 2. I didn't I play the game. I think they're just uh, not primary characters. I think they're just people. No, playing as multiple avatars from the campaign, including what appears to be Mel. While oh, another Mel. can be spotted firing oh. a bow and arrows. Yeah, I think it's players from the game. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll be Ellie. She's she's badass. She's the main character, by the way. Oh, all right. So you're going to be Ellie, not Mel. No. Very well. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. <laughs> Uh, Logitech is is experiencing a webcam shortage. The world is experiencing a webcam shortage. Hmm. I'm sure you can guess why. Hmm. Everybody's at home. Everyone's yeah. a streamer. Everyone's, everyone's doing Zoom. Yeah. It's the home life requires the webcam. It's your portal into the rest of the world. Well, that's what Facebook wanted to call it. Didn't go so well, hmm. as far as I can tell. I don't see too many portals out there, but... Maybe they are out there. Who cares? They don't care about webcams. Remember, it's just a data collector. So, mm -hmm. but then again, yourself on camera—that's data, and someone somewhere is collecting it. Yeah, the algorithms learning your face. Crazy. Anyways, uh, Logitech, of course, the big player in webcams. They make the nicest webcams. We have their latest 4K webcam sitting over here. A lot, very popular webcam. Webcams have finally gotten better. That's the advantage of having a market that's looking for webcams. Because they sucked forever. It was trash. You would have to, you know, hook up a DSLR or a mirrorless camera to act as a webcam to get a decent image. Up until recently, the, uh, the built-in webcams on Apple devices, horrendous. Hmm. So much so that somebody will go out and buy a third-party webcam to improve their streams or improve their video conferencing, whatever it might, it might be. So the problem that shows up, and Logitech talked about it in their recent earnings call, is that... If everybody wants one of these things, it's great for business, but uh, apologies, we can't make them fast enough. Mm. And that's the level we're at right now in the uh, global webcam shortage. And it's one of these conversations that you and I have had a number of times here on this show about how in a pandemic, there's winners and losers. And yep. most most are losing, to be clear. Yep. Bezos, not losing. Mm -hmm. Webcams, not losing. Logitech, not losing. Everything else losing. Let's get that straight. <laughs> <laughs> so they say that they're going to ramp up production to meet the demand. Uh, and you can uh, likely get a Logitech webcam in the next four to six weeks if you want one of their premium webcams. The Ultra HD Pro webcam is the one you want, obviously. if uh, Well, if you're a tech, tech person like us, this is about as good as it gets for a webcam, but you can see even on their website, it's backordered, it's backordered on B&H, it's backordered on Amazon, it's backordered everywhere. If you want it, that's the premium choice, 249. Uh, the other funny thing, people are actually marking up the price of these. Mm. <laughs> so you can pay more than the sticker price if you want. Maybe actually head to Amazon, let's check this right now, let's get to the bottom of the webcam conspiracy. Global shortage of webcams, driving up the prices. What a hot commodity. Look at the, uh, let's look at the most pricey one, the uh, the 4K one. I see the HD Pro over there. Oh, there it is. Ultra HD. Yeah, click on it. Which one is uh, it? Down one more, right there. Okay. Yeah, click on that. And let's go to the third-party sellers. Are we marking up the price? You sure bet we are. Well, before it was Canadian. We were looking at the Canadian Logitech site, so they were what two forty nine. 
Oh, okay. So these are good. No, so that that one's used. US that, prices. that one's used. So they're even marked up more. Yeah. So for a new one, you're at the cheapest I'm seeing here from a third party seller is two eighty nine. Yeah. Right. Two eight two eight eight nine nine. So go to the Logitech US site and let's get an actual MSRP here and see what the markup currently sits at. People really want these webcams, man. I mean, it's not unheard of. This happens. Oh, they always go to Canadian. Or just go to Amazon.com. Oh, no, you can't. We were just there. It's not in stock. Yeah. There you go. Look at us switching regions on live television. Television. That's right. You didn't know this was being broadcast right now? This is We're on NBC. 4K. You got it right there. So, yeah. Let's try that one. 199. Oh no, wait, wait a sec. That's the that's the one for the Pro Display X, XDR. It's the same idea, but it's magnetic. That streaming one is also sold out by the way. That little tiny double webcam search. This is riveting stuff. Is it not here? Oh, they don't even list it cuz it's embarrassing that it's sold out forever. Oh man, there's 10 pages. Oh boy. Yeah, you've gone about this the wrong way, Well, I, I don't know about you. I mean, I don't know about the audience. I find it riveting. But in reality, you have to go to products for sure rather than search. And then you have to go to webcams under streaming for sure right there. And now you oh. have to go to the Ultra HD Pro webcam to the right. And you've got yeah. it. You see that, Will? I'm happy to hold your hand uh, you know. whenever you like. Sometimes the internet is... Uh, 199 bucks, so it's almost... Man, it's a $100 premium. That's huge. Mm -hmm. So if you want one of these today, that's what you're paying. Otherwise, wait four to six weeks and you can pick up a 4K webcam from your favorite retailer. Could be Amazon, could be B&H, or you could buy it from Logitech directly hmm. and you can stream your Zoom meetings for the coming school year uh, or or the, the coming work year in much higher quality. You're going to get a lot... You're going to get a promotion. Is this a sponsor? Yeah, it is. You're going to get a promotion. If you can get your hands on one of those webcams, everyone else looks terrible and pixelated. You're coming in clean, beautiful visual, nicely lit with the with the prime audio. Someone's like, you know what? I like something about that guy. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. And all of a sudden you got the promotion. So yeah. I think the 200 bucks is going to pay off. Mm. Uh, that No, that was not sponsored, by the way. Sony put out some new headphones. I have them right here. The WH-1000XM4, the uh, hilariously long uh, name. Mm -hmm. So many more people would know about these if we could just, if we just had some what other would you name, them? name for it. Uh, these could be called Sony Headphones Model 1. Hmm. Sony Wireless Headphones Model 1. And I could say to people, do you... Did you try to model ones from Sony? You got to check out the model ones. It doesn't matter the name as long as it's something you can say. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's WH-1000XM4, you know what I end up saying to people? Those new Sony wireless headphones, they're the best. And then a person has to go, which new ones? Because of course they have many, many different, they could just be called Sony wireless headphones premium. Mm-hmm. And you would say, no, the new wireless headphones premium for 2020. They could be called the Sony Brain Blasters. I wouldn't want to call them that. But even there, I can still tell people what to go get. Yeah. Anyways, we're at such a point right now where it's legendary, these naming conventions. And it does give me this nostalgic 
a nostalgic feeling because Sony's been doing it forever. And so maybe now it's gone the other direction where people actually have fun with the names. Yeah. The WH, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Go adding numbers and letters. Maybe Sony knows something that we don't know. Anyways, these are the new ones. I've been a fan of this series for a long time since it's existed. Of course, my favorite headphones at the moment uh, for portable use are the XM3s, the model before this. I actually use those ones in this color. This is the, uh, well, it's hard to say what this color is. It's a type of gray or like a dull white. I like it because it's different. It's like, a, it looks like a futuristic color to me. Uh, so we have the XM4s. People have started to review them. I believe the review embargo lifted. So we're going to make a video very shortly, once again, on Unbox Therapy because we have them here. They, they are a lot like the previous generation, which believe it or not is a good thing because they are my favorite headphones. Don't screw it up. Don't ruin it. But they have a killer feature that was missing that's going to be huge. These are now capable of being paired to more than one device. Hmm. So you can have them paired to the phone and the laptop at the same time while you're working. That's a killer feature, Will. I know oh, it yeah. sounds really small, but if you do a lot of work on your laptop and you need to stay connected to your phone for potentially calls come through, something like this, to not have to repair the thing to another device is huge. Right. I've been following this uh, this one too. The speak to chat is actually pretty cool too. So basically when you start talking, the volume uh, just lowers automatically. Automatically. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, these things have some really sophisticated microphones on them that uh, can be finely tuned for your surroundings. It's the best. I mean, in the app, it's a, it's a, an incredible amount of configurability on deciding how much ambient noise you want versus uh, your music. And this is, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into why this is my my favorite headphone, but those are a couple of, those are a couple of examples. The sound quality should be mostly the same. Uh, these, the, this is the noise canceling is supposedly improved a little bit as well, which it was already tremendous. Mm-hmm. Now these things go up. It's a pretty tough marketplace. They go up against Bose's new 700 product. They go up against what's the one I did recently? The new Microsoft Surface headphones. Yes. They go up against those, and they come in at a premium price. So you're going to want to know if they're any good. And even though they're a lot like the other one, I want to li- I want to hear them for my uh, for myself mm-hmm. before I tell you what to do. Thirty hours music playback, thirty eight hours of music playback if you turn off noise canceling. Ten minute charge gives you five hours of battery life. Of course, hands free calling, voice assist function, Type C cable to recharge them. Ten minutes will. Ten minutes for five hours. Great. I know you're excited. Which color would you go for, by the way? Uh, I would go for the grayish one. The gray one, okay. Yeah. yeah. Black is pretty classic, too. But anyway, I wanted to bring them out since we're going to make a video on them coming up. It's a little, it's another little preview for you. Next story is about a patent that we talked about a couple of days ago on this show, which had to do with bone conduction technology and Apple potentially implementing some form of it in some future product. I think it was a Let's Go Digital who originally shared the patent, which cleared recently. And if you scroll down, the patent is really hard to interpret. It's bizarre. It's like 
it looks like a pair of bone conduction headphones, but it then has these little earpieces that come over. And you're thinking, that thing is enormous. Who's going to wear that? That looks so unapple like But often these patents are proof. It's a proof of concept. Yeah, it's not for, like, aesthetics. Though. No, not at all. It's just to make the case. It's just to, uh, to, to showcase how the technology would work. So the speculation now, here, here at least on Tom's Guide, is that maybe this patent has nothing to do with the device that the guy appears to be wearing in the patent, which is this kind of neckband behind the head uh, bone conduction looking device. There are, for the record, that Aftershocks company, there's bone conduction headphones that already exist. They, they look something like this minus the earpiece. But the speculation here is that this, this technology and this patent may actually have more to do with Apple Glass, which is the rumored upcoming augmented reality Apple product that you're going to wear around every day, hmm. uh, like the new version or the more refined Google Glass. And many people have attempted to imagine what this is going to look like or be like, but Apple has continued to invest in augmented reality in such a fashion that really makes you wonder about their future plans. Hmm. But once you have these glasses on, you do start to think about audio. And of course, your mind goes towards bone conduction. We've seen this applied from other brands that have done bone conduction glasses, minus the AR piece. Hmm. Bose put out a set of frames, for example. Now, having used bone conduction myself on a number of occasions, I feel the need to let people know it's not an exact substitute for an actual earpiece. Some of the frequency range is lost a little bit. Some of the details lost a little bit. And I believe that's why Apple still has the earbud piece that seems to sit over the ear itself or near the ear itself. So what these glasses end up looking like, no one will know. But... The most consolidated version of it is a small little ear. What would you call it on, on glasses? The ear. The earpiece? Earpiece? I mean, it goes all the way to the front. The side, the arm? Yeah. The, the arm the on the glasses. Uh, if you can get that as slender as possible, bake in bone conduction and make them look as much like regular glasses as possible. Could you will have the next iPhone-like moment. Could you have a moment on stage where everything changes again and the whole world has to go out and buy this new thing and, and we start to, and we don't look at smartphones the way we look at smartphones anymore, but instead it's all, we all finally put the glasses on and move to the, our next phase in, in our eventual science fiction demise. Well, only if Apple does it. If Apple doesn't. Yeah, I think, uh, hey, man. Oh, yeah. Hey, man. Bezos sold some Amazon shares just around $3 billion. That's three billies. That's the way you like to, that's the phrase you like to use for billions. Three billies. Did you know since your name is Will, you can also choose to be called Bill if you want it? Yeah. You knew that? Yeah. And since you like since you like to talk about the billies so much, you may you I may could, yeah. at a certain at a later date you may do that. I have a t-shirt. Anyways, uh, yeah, he sold three point one billion. When you're a guy like him, you want to sell a few billion. It's a big deal. You need all kinds of approvals and insider trading, and you have to avoid. You have to. There's a lot of regulations. Mm. Can't just move that kind of money around. The sales this week bring his total cash out in 2020 to slightly more than seven point two billion. He has converted. He loves Amazon. Amazon's doing great, right? He's the richest guy in the world. Amazon booming. 
to the moon. And he keeps pulling money out and converting yeah. stock. Okay, why does he think does he think it's overvalued at the moment? People look into this, they read into this. I don't think it's that. I think he wants some cash. Okay, to buy neighboring houses. <laughs> Definitely that. But believe it or not, seven point two billion is more than houses. So he, he could have he has all these properties. He used some 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 of his cash out to buy publication. Washington Post. Mm. If you know, if you recall that transaction, mm. and most importantly, he has ventured into. Well, he's got some, a couple of new ventures, including his space program. Mm -hmm. What is that? What did he call that? Moon something or other? Uh, blue Blue Origin. Oh, right. You didn't even need to type it. Well, you see that? I googled my mind. <laughs> you like that? I googled yeah. my mind. Yeah, Space Origin, that stuff's expensive. What if he wants to... He's got so much money on his personal name, he could start any company he wants. Mm. He could go... If he gets mad enough at Elon, he could just go make some cars real quick. I mean, he did invest in Rivian, right? Amazon invested in Rivian. I don't know if he's personally an investor in Rivian, but you see how this goes? You can, if, When you can pull out billions in real cash, you can approach some pretty cool projects. Mm -hmm. so whether it's space or cars or some other types of vehicles or publications he wants to acquire media there's so many ways in which he could extend his uh empire but he can't it's hard within amazon there are certain restrictions as to how he may do that as a person as a human as jeff bezos with these billions sitting in the pocket he can kind of do whatever he wants mm. To a certain extent. And so that's prob probably the reason more than a lack of belief in what Amazon's working on or Amazon's continued progress progression towards world dominance. And just, just to be clear, he pulls $7.2 His current shares are worth $170 billion. Mm. So let's just chill out for a minute. 